It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Yeah, my word, Rich, here's another week has already passed. And into a new month. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. We don't have to be talking about summer anymore, do we? No. That's for sure. November, then December, then January. It goes pretty quick, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, we have Thanksgiving coming up this month. You know, I've listened. I've, I've noticed the listener comments, and although we love to read the transcript when you call that comment line and tell us what you like or what you don't like, whatever it is, we just love it. Anyway, I have noticed that our listeners, like myself, love some of the old songs. Some of the old songs... Rich, I have been singing this song. I'm 86, and I've been singing this song since I was a child. I don't know exactly how long ago it was written, but I'll bet you many, many of our listeners will remember it. Here it is. When my way groweth drear, precious love lingered near. When my life is almost gone Hear my cry Hear my call Hold my hand Lest I fall Take my hand Precious Lord Lead me home Precious Lord Take my hand, lead me on, let me stand, I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm warm, through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light, take my hand. Precious Lord, lead me on When the shadows appear And the night draweth near And the day is past and gone Precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. Let me stand, I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm Precious Lord, lead me home. Oh man, I, I can remember I can remember singing that myself. 
I don't know, maybe I was 10, 11 years old. Did you know, I've told you many times, of course, I used to be a singer, a boy soprano. Can you imagine? And I would sing in church a lot. And that very song, I can remember singing and thinking about the words. But you know, a 10-year-old kid, he doesn't know you know, the, the depth of the meaning other than even a youngster has things that are confusing to him and he has problems and he needs someone to guide him along. I bet your voice must must have sounded a lot different back then. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. I tell you, here is one of our listeners that called on the listener comment line, and he knows exactly what the words to that song mean. Here it is. I'm a recovering drug addict. I've been clean for two years, and it all has to do with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who I found through Bot Radio. I uh, appreciate everything that you guys do. Thank you. Now, Rich, do you know what that means to me? And I know it does to you as well. Our whole team, our entire team, words like that, that's what it's all about, isn't it, Rich? You know, Dad, oftentimes in our staff meetings, we pray that the Lord would prepare hearts, even that day, to receive the Word of God as it's broadcast over the airwaves and through the digital media that we're broadcasting through, that God's Word will not return void, but that He'll prepare hearts for that day to receive His Word. And that gentleman is an example of of how that happens. Do you know, this being November, it just occurred to me, that it was November 12th, 1962, 57 years ago, when Bot Radio Network began its very first moment on the radio. Yes. Well, I, we'll, I, we'll make a big deal of that. And that is coming up. 57 years. Praise yeah. God. And let me give you another number, 1-800-345-2621. That's the listener comment line for our listeners, for you to call us and tell us what Bot Radio Network has meant in your life. Right, We'd then. love to hear that. 1-800-345-2621. Now, Carol Robertson has recorded another old song that I want to use right now. By the way, when we talked to him, he said every song he records, he wants it to be a sermon. I just love that. I loved his attitude. Carol Robertson in Ripley, Mississippi, I think. Sometime I want to go down there and That's meet between them, Tupelo and Memphis. All right, here's Carol Robertson, and here's another old song. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Let me walk close to thee Just a closer walk with thee Just a closer walk Granted Jesus is my plea Life is old Time for me will 
is just as fresh as the morning dew, isn't it? And Carol Roberson is one of our Bot Radio Network listeners there in Ripley, Mississippi. He listens on AM640 out of Memphis, the largest coverage Christian formatted station in the nation with 50,000 watts of power. So, hello, Carol Roberson. Carol Roberson, thank you for listening. Um, Here is a lady who called our listener comment line, and the words to that song that that we just used certainly mean a lot to her. Here it is. Hello, this is Patsy in Arkansas, and I love, love, love Bot Radio, and I especially list, like to listen to Mr. Bot and his son, and my favorites, I really couldn't tell them all because there's so many. I've had a stroke, so I have trouble remembering things, but thank you, Mr. Bot. <laughs> well, Patsy... Uh, my new best friend, I haven't had a stroke, but I'll tell you, I have trouble remembering things. <laughs> also, that just comes with the ride, doesn't it? That comes with the journey. Rich, uh, right now, every time you turn on the news or you just read a paper, anything that's happening, you know the turmoil that America is in right now. It's a mess. And believe me, it isn't politics. Believe me, it's not Democrat versus Republican. It is far deeper than that. We are having to work our way through. Who are we? But anyway, listen to Carol Robertson on this song. As I look around, I see a world that's filled with misery and sin. People running everywhere, not knowing where they're going or where they've been. And we all have forgotten the reason that God has put us here. I believe the day when Jesus comes back to this earth is very near. Even the flowers have to die and the leaves have to fall. In the middle of the night, can hear a little child's fearful call When people who call themselves Christians Can't even get along Makes me pray for that one day When Jesus comes to claim his very own One day there'll be righteousness One day there'll be peace and rest When Jesus comes to make all things new The world will be in one accord Everyone will serve the Lord The Lion and the Lamb will play One day I'm so glad that all of God's children Who are nothing in this life 
will one day rule the nations and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. So just remember, when you are discouraged, there's coming a brighter day. Even so, come Lord Jesus, I hope, my dear friend, you can pray. One day there'll be righteousness, one day there'll be peace and rest, when Jesus comes to make all things new. The world will be in one accord, everyone will serve the Lord, the Lion and the Lamb will play. One day, one day. That's where that's where we are right now, isn't it? Uh, you know where our nation is, right? Even as you're listening to this broadcast, well, Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey, had a broadcast um, some years ago, not too long ago. Remember him, Rich? I sure do. In 1962, or maybe 1963, somewhere in there. He was going through Kansas City, and he did one of his national radio broadcasts from our studios at that time. Matt, was that ever a thrill? We'll have to play that sometime for our listeners on Complete Story. They get a kick out of listening to that. Well, here is Paul Harvey talking about the Constitution. Now, listen, folks. Everybody right now is talking about the Constitution. And everybody's saying, if you elect me, then I'll give you this. If you elect me, I'll give you that. I'm going to be the biggest giver uh, that you ever could imagine because I'm going I'm, I'm to take care of your health care. I'm going to take care of everything under the sun. Uh, and everybody is saying, vote for me because I'm the best one to give you whatever you want. I want, I want the people right now to stop and think what Paul Harvey is going to tell us about those who— who paid a price for our Constitution, paid a price for our freedom, paid a price for our having the freedom to provide for ourselves, do for ourselves, make our way through the world. Uh, here it is. Americans, the how and the why of our beloved republic are so much better known and understood than the who. The United States of America was born in 1776, but it was conceived 169 years before that. The earliest settlers had watered the New World with much sweat. They had built substantial holdings for themselves, for their families. And when the time came to separate themselves from a tyranny an ocean away, at best it meant starting all over again after the ravages of war. Researching what you're about to hear, gave a whole new dimension to my reverence for our nation's first citizens. All others of the world's revolutions, before and since, were initiated by men who had nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Our founders had everything to lose and nothing to gain, except one thing. Hello Americans, I'm Paul Harvey. You remember the cherry tree fiction. A long time after you have forgotten the more earth-shaking history-making episodes in the life of George Washington. You have misplaced in your memory the details of Ben Franklin's statesmanship, but you remember his flying a kite. 
Joyce Kilmer was a great military hero. But the only thing you personally recall about him is his poetic tribute to trees. Maybe of this current decade, that which will be remembered best will not be its wars and its moon rockets or its crumbling frontiers or the giants who lived and died. Maybe all that will survive to linger in the day-by-day -day vocabulary of generations yet unborn may be the, the songs of a Memphis minstrel or the reincarnation of electric automobiles. But for any eve of the 4th of July, I, Paul Harvey, do herewith bequeath unto you something to remember. You may not be able to quote one line from the Declaration of Independence at this moment. Henceforth, you'll always be able to quote at least one line. It's in the last paragraph where you will recall when I remind you, it says, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. In the Pennsylvania State House that's now called Independence Hall in Philadelphia, the best men from each of the colonies sat down together. This was a very fortunate hour in our nation's history, one of those rare occasions in the lives of men when we had greatness to spare. These were men of means, well-educated, 24 were lawyers and jurists, nine were farmers, owners of large plantations. On June 11, a committee sat down to draw up a declaration of independence. We were going to tell the British fatherland, no more rule by redcoats. Below the dam of ruthless foreign rule, the stream of freedom was running shallow and muddy. And we were going to light a fuse to dynamite that dam. This pact, as Burke later put it, was a partnership between the living and the dead and the yet unborn. There was no bigotry. There was no demagoguery in this group. All had shared hardships. Jefferson finished a draft of the document in 17 days. Congress adopted it in July, and so much is familiar history. But now, King George III had denounced all rebels in America as traitors. Punishment for treason was hanging. The names now so familiar to you from the several signatures on that Declaration of Independence, the names were kept secret for six months, for each knew the full meaning of that magnificent last paragraph in which his signature pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor. Fifty-six men placed their names beneath that pledge. Fifty-six men knew when they signed that they were risking everything. They knew if they won this fight, the best they could expect would be years of hardship in a struggling nation. And if they lost, they'd face a hangman's rope. But they signed the pledge and here is the documented fate of that gallant 56. Carter Braxton of Virginia, wealthy planter, trader, saw his ships swept from the seas. To pay his debts, he lost his home and all of his properties and died in rags. Thomas Lynch Jr., who signed that pledge, was a third-generation rice grower, aristocrat, large plantation owner. After he signed, his health failed. His wife and he set out for France to regain his failing health. Their ship never got to France, was never heard from again. Thomas McKean of Delaware was so harassed by the enemy that he was forced to move his family five times in five months. He served in Congress without pay, his family in poverty and in hiding. Vandals looted the properties of Ellery and Clymer and Hall and Gwinnett and Walton and Hayward and Rutledge and Middleton. Thomas Nelson, Jr. of Virginia, raised $2 million on his own signature to provision our allies, the French fleet. After the war, he personally paid back the loans, wiped out his entire estate, and he was never reimbursed by his government.
In the final battle for Yorktown, he, Nelson, urged General Washington to fire on his, Nelson's own home, which was occupied by Cornwallis. It was destroyed. Thomas Nelson, Jr. had pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor. The Hessians seized the home of Francis Hopkinson of New Jersey. Francis Lewis had his home and everything destroyed, his wife imprisoned. She died within a few months. Richard Stockton, who signed that declaration, was captured, mistreated, his health broken to the extent that he died at 51. His estate was pillaged. Thomas Hayward Jr. was captured when Charleston fell. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside while she was dying. Their 13 children fled in all directions for their lives. His fields and grist mill were laid waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves and returned home after the war to find his wife dead, his children gone, his properties gone, and he died a few weeks later of exhaustion and a broken heart. Lewis Morris saw his land destroyed, his family scattered. Philip Livingston died within a few months from the hardships of the war. John Hancock, history remembers best due to a quirk of fate rather than anything he stood for, that great sweeping signature attesting to his vanity, towers over the others. One of the wealthiest men in New England. And yet he stood outside Boston one terrible night of the war, and he said, burn Boston, though it makes John Hancock a beggar, if the public good requires it. So he too lived up to the pledge. Of the 56, few were long to survive. Five were captured by the British and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes from Rhode Island to Charleston sacked, looted, occupied by the enemy or burned. Two lost their sons in the army. One had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 died in the war from its hardships or from its more merciful bullets. I don't know what impression you had had of the men who met that summer in Philadelphia. But I think it's important that we remember this about them. They were not poor men. They were not wild-eyed pirates. These were men of means. They were rich men, most of them and had enjoyed much ease and luxury in their personal living. Not hungry men, certainly not terrorists, not irresponsible malcontents, not fanatical incendiaries. These men were prosperous men, wealthy landowners. They were substantially secure in their prosperity. They had everything to lose. But they considered liberty, and this is as much as I shall say of it, they had learned that liberty is so much more important than security, that they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And they fulfilled their pledge. They paid the price. And freedom was born. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing, Rich? That was, that was not like it is today, is it, at all? Look at what's happening in California right now. Look at what's happening in California right now. The streets are littered with people laying on them and drug needles on the sidewalks, along with worse things. I mean, human waste scattered all over the place because of people saying, come here and we'll give you this, give you that, give you the other thing. It's a mess, isn't it? That's right. I love what he said about our founding fathers preferring freedom to security. 
And in, in my own comment, I wasn't even going to make this, folks. I want to say it quickly. As it pertains to this moment in America's history, this very moment, I was looking for a presidential candidate who would protect the life of the unborn, who would, who would be sure that people were appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States who understood the Constitution and would go by it. And I wanted to vote for somebody who would provide and work for schools that would allow every child to have a good education. Parental choice. Parental choice in education. So no child, I don't care what the color is for goodness sake or anything else, every child deserves a good education. And I wanted a presidential candidate who would make that promise. And I wanted a presidential candidate who would make sure that jobs would be available as much as he could provide them for the blacks and the Hispanics and the whites and anyone else who needed work. And I'll tell you, we've got a mess right now because I don't know what it is that they hate so much about the man who was elected because he kept his promise. And they're trying to overturn the election. Well, it goes a lot deeper than just uh, what somebody said or what somebody, how um, verbose he may be. I don't know, but it's not good. Now, listen, before we close, I want the people to listen to one more. This is Jeannie, who works overnight in a gas station. Listen to this, folks. Hi, this is Jeannie. I work overnight in a uh, gas station, and sometimes it can get pretty lonely. I thank God for Bot Radio, and I'm just so grateful that you guys provide this. I especially appreciate Dr. Yusuf and all of his insight, and I just praise God that you guys are providing this service and that it's reaching me and hopefully maybe some customers that walk in. God bless. Yeah, God bless you, Jeannie. In the in the quiet hours of the night, listening to Bot Radio Network. What is that number, Rich? That's right. We'd like to hear from you, too. The number is 1-800-345-2621. 800-345-2621. All right, this is Dick Bott with my son Rich on this chapter of The Complete Story. We'll see you later.